All right. Glory. Here we go. Joel chapter 3. This is going to be a New Living Translation, just this opening text to give you kind of an idea and a thought what the Lord wants to do this morning. Maybe some of you are going to hear things you've never heard of before, and some of you are going to be reminded of things that you knew, maybe walked in, stirred in a little bit, fell back to sleep, and all that stuff that, that we kind of do as people. Joel chapter 3 verse 9 says this, Say to the nations far and wide, that's you, it's talking to us now, say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war, call out your best warriors, call out your best warriors, let all your fighting men advance for the attack. This is the word of God, Joel's in the Bible, you understand that, right? It's not all kumbaya, it isn't. Especially now, look at verse 10. Hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. There's a time to plant the daisies and there's a time to take that plowshare and beat it into a sword because you're going to need it. And that's where we are. I'd rather be planting daisies, but that's not where we are. So Joel tells us, hammer your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears, train even your weaklings to be warriors. And I fit that bill. I do. Weaklings. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Look what it says. Come quickly. It doesn't say think about it, mull it over, chew it around, figure it out tomorrow. Move, it says. Come quickly. Because we never think good. We just imagine, we go, eh, if I do that, then I'll have to, I don't know, if I kind of, I could. come quickly, all you nations everywhere, gather together, listen, in the valley, and now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors. God's going to do the calling. You've got to do the listening and the responding. He'll do the rest. I'm believing this. I'm counting on this. God is going to call out his warriors starting today. You're here. Hopefully those on the stream is also listening to the voice of Almighty God. All right, so now we're going to talk about stirring ourselves. This is your part. You have to stir yourself. Stir yourself. 2 Peter 3.1 says this. The second epistle... Beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, by reminding you, by trying to get you to remember the Word of God, to remember what it says and how powerful it is, speaking to you, given to you. So God is saying, stir up yourselves and remember this Word, the power of this Word. By way of remembrance. And that word stir up means to wake up. It's what it means. To wake up. Awaken. Arouse from the sleep. Get up. How many times have you gone in there and said, get up, you're going to be late for school. You're still going, get up. You know, if the bus is close and all that, you're in there, get up. Even dragging them out. Off the bed. Get up. Stir yourself. That's what Peter's saying in the spirit of Almighty God. You do it. Waken yourself up. Matthew 26, 40 says, He cometh unto his disciples and what? Finds them sleeping. Listen, listen. In all seriousness, please. Could we be? Not mocking, not accusing. Could we be? Would they say the enemy of the best is is having a good church? Not the best. You get good, you go, well, we're pretty good, a lot better than the others. He cometh unto his disciples, his students, his followers, and finds them sleeping. What more urgent hour has ever been in your life than now? With the state of our nation? 
blowing past constitutions and judges and just doing what they want, when they want. Who's ever in charge does it. How about Isaiah? What's he say? You think Isaiah is understanding the situation? Isaiah shouts, Awake! Awake! This is what's Isaiah saying by the Spirit of Almighty God. It means to rouse oneself. Awake! Not even having someone wake you. You do it. Awake! Awake! Put on thy strength. That's another thing you got to do. Put on your strength. So awake suggests we are sleeping. If Ruth is wide awake in the kitchen making dinner, I'm not going to run in here and say, Awake! She's gonna go, are you crazy? What's the matter with you? So this tells us that we must be sleeping as a church. Look, your outlook or thoughts of a church is a nice, quiet little time. You're probably wondering why I'm so loud even this morning. Can't you just tone it down some? Everybody watching me? No. I can't. I love swinging in a hammock. I love my lemonade. Just give it to me, swing, and be nice and fine. Well, those days are gone. They're just gone. So God says through Isaiah, awake. Arouse oneself. Put on my strength. So your, your thought might be, you might be asking, um, what strength? Do you feel strong? Do you look strong? Hit 50 push-ups right now. Probably have three that might be able to do that. Me, Bruce, and Jim. <laughs> Oh, Lord, okay. So Isaiah is telling him, put on strength. So if the Spirit of God moves upon the prophet of God and he yells for you to arouse yourself and then put on strength, wake yourself up so there must be strength out there for you. There has to be. 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul says this to Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of your hand, which is in you. Not what you got to go buy and maybe go earn and try to go. It's in you. Yes, yes, amen. If you are truly a born-again person, if you're a church attender, different story. But if you're truly born again, washed by the blood of Almighty God, invited Christ, the Godhead bodily dwells in you, God says the power's in you. Amen. Problem with the church, no one believes it, or we're asleep. Or we go, yeah, yeah, the power is within us. And we're back to sleep again. You understand, the enemy hates for you to hear this. Absolutely despises the fact that you're even hearing this today. So God has gifted you. He gifts people. But just because someone has certain gifts does not mean they're using them to glorify God. Many of you probably don't even know it. Doubt it. Don't believe it. Ah! Yeah, maybe for you, Pastor. Gifts need to be stirred. They need to be stirred. If you leave them unstirred, they'll just sit there. Remember the message on popcorn? The popcorn is to be fulfilled by exploding inside out and to be devoured. Oh, that's so good. But which popcorn kernel's going, ooh, 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 put me in the fire? Not one. They just want to just sit quiet on the shelf. That's what you are. That's what I am. Some of you are waiting passively for God to use you. And God is waiting for you to stir the gift up that's in you. And that's where we are. This is the Word of God. Some of you are waiting for some dramatic new stirring, new anointing from God, and God is just saying, you've already are anointed. Walk in it. The church doesn't believe it. That's why God is calling for his warriors. Now, maybe he'll get one out of this group. So be it. Because the Bible tells you what? One in God is a, a majority. One with God's majority. God doesn't need 1,800 people. So we know that a fire left to itself will always burn out. A fire left to itself. That's why it's dangerous to stay away. You need fire begats fire. It's dangerous. 
dangerous to stay away. So a fire left to itself will burn itself out, and God wants to keep our gifts burning strong within us. The fire of Almighty God to burn inside of you. You, God says, you have to stir it. God says, I put it there, I died for it, I paid the price, now you stir it. All right, Mark 14, 40, New King James says this. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. Did you fall back to sleep already? Since I started? And the wives going, pip, pip. Fred, Bill, Bob, pay attention. Already drifting. Already thinking I've got to plow that snow again. Not even paying attention to the word of Almighty God. And he returned again, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And they did not know, listen, they did not know what to answer him. Oh my gosh, there's going to be a time when God says, well, you, you lived your entire, 70 years, I filled you with the Spirit. You walked into prayer. What'd you do? You're going to be. Uh, 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 is that what that says? And when he returned, he found them asleep again. He already told them to wake themselves up the first time around. Remember? Remember, these are his disciples, hand-chosen, hand-picked. You, 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 follow me. All right, yes. And he found them asleep, and now he finds them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and it says they did not know what to answer him. Demony Christmas. Are we choosing sleep over being used by the power of God? Being used by God puts us out. Puts us out of our comfort zone. It does. That's why God says, no problem. I'll give you the comforter. Because I'm going to put you somewhere where it's very uncomfortable. God has given you everything there is for you not to be asleep. Everything. But are we choosing sleep? What are we going to say to Almighty God when you stand before Him? I mean, seriously. We're going to be speechless, absolutely speechless. We're going to say, we were awake, and then we went to sleep. And then we were awake, that one member, oh my gosh, remember what we did? And we went to sleep again. And remember how we used to stir ourselves and pray together? And, how we, and then we went to sleep again. And remember how one, and then we went to sleep again. That's true. That's part of the fight of the flesh. And now our world is so different, our country is so different, we don't even recognize it. We don't even recognize it, and a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of what's going on. They're afraid of what's happening. They cancel culture, this and that. They don't want to speak up. They don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to rock the boat. You better be quiet. You better not do it. What? Out. Why are we afraid? We're afraid because we don't understand the Word of God. We're afraid because maybe we don't believe the Word of God. Isaiah 41. Understand, this is like God's letter written to you. You open the mailbox and it comes to you. Dear so-and-so. And you read the end of it and it says, Love, blessings, died for you, God. And you read the book. And I get to the one letter where he writes, Isaiah 41.10, New King James says, Fear not! I am with you! Do you think the Lord didn't know about Biden? In his 42, whatever he... You think God didn't know that when he penned that? You think God's thinking, oh, turn it over and erase that before anybody reads that. No, what, what's the matter with us? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be confused. Don't be worried. Don't be fretting. That's what it's saying to you and I. For I am your God. That's what he's saying to you. Listen, I will strengthen you. Listen to these words. They're powerful. God said, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness right hand. Now, he's going to name these things. And watch what he says about all these things that terrorize you and keep you up at night. And make you afraid. Oh, my daughter's only six. What am I going to do? Watch what God says. Behold, 
All those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed in disgrace. They shall be as nothing. Nothing is what God says. To all those, everything you're fretting about, everything that's keeping you up at night, finally drift off to sleep and your thought enters your mind and goes, boo, and up again, you're up and worrying again. And God says, you understand they shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. You're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. You're going to have your sword, your Holy Ghost shotgun. You're going to be looking, where are you? And you're not even going to be able to find them. All those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. You will seek them, not find them. For those who contended with you, those who war against you shall, listen, shall be as nothing as a non-existent thing. That what gave you ten ulcers sleepless night. God's going to say, it's like it never existed. What are you doing? I'm your God. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. What are you doing? And we're going to be what? We're going to be speechless. Oh, my God. As a non-existent thing, verse 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. If you just pay attention, sit down a second, you could probably feel him hold your right hand. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. Thank you for calming me, God. God knows you're but dust. God knows you have no strength, and you're just, that's why God says, I'll take care of you. I'll uphold you. I'll give you what you need. You just believe it. The Lord is saying to you, fear not. I will help you. Luke 18, 1 says this, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. But we do. We do not seem to value prayer very highly. I, I, I I don't know why that is, but it is. You stop our prayer meetings? Tell by the emotions in our prayer meetings, the stirrings in them. Man, come on. If I set up a booth up here, and Almighty, in all his glory, walks in that door, comes up here, sits in the booth, and says, I would like to talk to Chase. Is he going to sit there and say, mm, I'm reading. I'm kind of busy. Or would we have to pry Chase out of the booth so his wife could have a turn to talk to God? And then God. And then I was wondering, that's what praying is. That's what it is. The one who has all the answers, spoke everything in existence, says, I will strengthen you. I'll get, just come. I'm sitting in my booth. Come talk to me. And we try to do that corporately at times here at the church. Wednesdays, for one thing. But we do. We faint. Me too. We get weak. We get weary. We fail in heart. We lose heart. Uh, Proverbs 12, uh, 25 says this. Heaviness, which is anxiety and anxiousness, in the heart of a man makes it stoop. Makes it depressed. Makes it give up. Makes it not want to get up, not want to stir himself, not want to throw another log on the fire. All you wood burners, if you don't throw a log on the fire, it infects your entire family. They're all going at night. Man, it's so cold in the house. Because the leader won't stir himself. We do. We give in to fear and doubt and unbelief and discouragement. Start using excuses for prayer. I'm too busy. Can't make it. It's a bad time. Should start at six. Should start at seven. Should have another day. We lose our fire and expectation. And listen, and we become lifeless. We do. We go through the motions. We just do. I've done it. 
I know what I talk about. But God is saying, stir yourself. You're missing the supernatural side of church. You're missing where the Spirit of God comes. Don't make this a flesh church. Ooh, don't make it with our strength. It's got to be the supernatural. Acts 2.1 says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It says that they were all with one accord in one place. They were seeking God. It says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. God loves sound. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. What the God that would happen this morning. Sound means noise. Like a big crashing wave. It also means a report. Coming with a bellowing voice, giving a report. Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. I don't care what my eyes see. We're called to walk by faith. So that sound, that noise, do you hear it anymore? Some of us sleep like we're dead. And we have. You know, you've got these huge thunderstorms around here. Sometimes you wake up. Ruth said, you hear that one, huh? Well, I hear nothing. What? Did it rain? Right? Those ones that shake your house and you're not even moved by them. Verse 3 says, listen. Witness be cool. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them. Supernatural fire comes like cloven tongues of fire and just sits on them. Holy. Where is that? So what did men leaders do with that? Well, that was for back then. You know, that's how God jump-started church. Eh, baloney. Verse 4 says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember that part of church? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Keep that fire burning, that prayer will turning. That's what does it. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. I said that word. Tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. That's supernatural. It's supernatural. Or do you want a natural church? Do you want a natural walk? We know that Acts 1 tells us that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I don't know about the Holy Ghost. I don't know. Then no power. What's the key? Stir yourself. I don't care if you sit there and say, I don't believe a word pastor is saying, but I'm going to ask. I'm going to stir myself. Oh, my gosh. Luke 3.16, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. We're going to do that. We're going to have baptism classes. We're going to baptize you with water. And we believe you should. It's an outward profession of your faith. Christ has done a great work in you, and you're being obedient. Nice. So we can say, Chad and Pastor Jason indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh the latchet or shoestrings of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Or do you just want to have water? Baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Sometimes I'm not even sure what that means. But still, don't you want it? Baptize with Holy Ghost When God takes a normal Joe and does something supernatural with him, way beyond his means, to where God gets all the glory. And your great testimony is, 
I don't know. I don't know how he did it. Baptized with Holy Ghost and fire. Look it up. Look it up. That fire is lightning. It's a lightning strike to stir you. And if you start stirring yourself, see, because you're going to look like a fool. You are. You know, I've, I've done some golf. I mean, golf and the storm comes, you start hearing them thunder, and you're going, hmm, I don't know. And then you see, crack, boom, lightning goes over there. You grab your golf club and you go. <laughs> What's the rest of us golfers going to say? That dude's a fool. He's going to get struck with lightning. Anybody hear the thunder yet? You're going to hold your lightning rod up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, and see what God does. Revelation 2.17 says this, And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. See, if you're not even here, if you have no clue, you, right now is your chance to say, God, please give me a hearing ear. I've got to have a hearing ear. I'm missing it, Lord. I don't understand. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Listen, to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna. You're not going to hear stuff like this in most churches. And I'm not proclaiming that we're something awesome. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not. If you say that, you're fibbing. I'm just telling you right there, there's hidden manna. Who wants to go looking? Grab your shovel, grab your pick, and let's start digging and start looking. Yes. Where is it, God? We've got to have that hidden manna. Who remembers the message where I put picks and shovels and spud bars over here, and I put cream-filled donuts and chocolate donuts over there? It says, choose you this day. What a perfect example of the flesh, wanting church like that. Here is work. Got to dig. It's true. I will give to eat of the hidden manna. I'm giving you hidden manna this morning. X marks the spot this morning. Hidden means concealed, means kept secret. God says, do you want it? God will show you where it is. I mean, I play that game with my granddaughter almost every Thursday. We hide little things. After a while, she can't find them. She goes, mm, tap. I can't find them. She, then she'll go, you have to tell me. And she'll go like this. And look at her earthly grandfather and wants to hear if she's cold or hot. Cold. And every time she finds them, she's getting advice from her earthly grandfather who hid the manna. And she's saying, and I'll go freezing, ice cold. She'll go, <laughs> look, look, she does this. She'll look this way and then look at me. <laughs> That's what we should be doing. We don't have to be any smarter than a five-year-old. Jeez. Hidden manna. Concealed. Kept secret. Acts 19.2 says, And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And what did they say unto him? Uh, what? Huh? We haven't even heard. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about another experience. Another weapon for your arsenal. All these weapons that God has given us. We always read on the news about some guy chose to go in the wrong house. And whether it was a granny or a kid or whoever it was, blew him away because she had the weapon. Hallelujah. We have weapons. We 
We have not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. It's the hidden manna. Others will say, ah, it was way for back then, or ooh, I think that's evil. All these excuses you have to make rather than just say, I don't want it. That's what we do. Well, we're not making them, and I never have made them here. Leviticus 6.13 tells us, The fire shall be ever burning upon the altar. Listen, it shall never go out. The fire of God inside of you. It needs attended by you. He started it supernaturally from heaven. Yes, Lord, I want to be born again. God sends His Spirit inside, ignites you with the fire of God. You fall in love with God. And then God says, keep it burning. Keep it burning. And then we do church, we do prayer, we do Bible, we do everything we can to keep it burning. Luke 24, 32 says this, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked? Are you getting anything this morning? Is there any kind of temperature rise? Is there a little peck in your heart? A little something? Anything? Because it's not, I'm talking about my words, the words of God. They're on the screens, they're on your lap. You, You can check it out. I'm giving you the word. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us? By the way, does not your heart say, oh man, long for those days when I used to stir myself? Or, man, I've been doing this for 23 years. I don't know if I've ever really stirred myself. I don't know if I ever even heard this. Now, if you've known me any length of time, you have to honestly say that I am not an emotionalism person. I'm not a rah-rah, give me a J, give me an E, give me an S, give me a U. Ah, not that at all. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. This is not hype. This is not cool whip for your meal. This is the meal. He said, Luke 24, 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn while he talked with us? Remember that fire means to set on fire, burning, consumed with fire. Hebrews 12, 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. You know, what is it, September, October, we like to have a little wiener roast and them fire and and you're free, and they stir it up, and it's like, God says, I'm a consuming fire. You can't get close to God without catching on fire. You can't get close to God and be the same, unmoved. You have to stir yourself. Now, you can yawn and leave and pat me on the back and say, that was good. Deuteronomy 4.36 says this, Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice. Listen. Listen. Listen to it. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee upon the earth. He showed thee his great fire, and thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. Listen. Now I have to assume a lot of people are like me, we're flesh and blood, up and down, awake and asleep, piece of garbage, not doing pretty good. I think I'm all right. Listen to what the Lord says about you. Daniel 10 11 says this And the man said to me, You put your name in there. Alan, James, whatever name you have. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. That's God's thoughts towards you this morning. 
God's thoughts towards you this morning, he's not going, I ain't never given that person anything. God says, you are very precious to me. You have to understand this. Because the enemy likes to keep dumping on you, so you think God hates you and doesn't like you and doesn't want nothing to do with you. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Now listen to what he said. So listen. Listen, New Hope. Listen carefully, he says, to what I have to say to you. He says, stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. What's going on? This is a scary place in the presence of God. Okay. Matthew 24, 3 says this. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, listen to this now because it's very important. The disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when all these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Now I know you know this part, but listen, this is the reason why you must stir yourself. We have revelations on Sunday night. I'm not giving you a revelations class. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Six says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now, and because of all this that you're living through, 12 says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Portland burning every day for three months. It got sickening to see in Seattle and these various nations, and they were becoming overwhelming. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't even want to hear it anymore. Because God says, lawlessness will abound, and because of that, you start to back off and give up. You got this whole pow of fresh, dry wood ready to roar, and you're like, I'm just... I'm, I'm done. Lawlessness simply means without law. You can't shut down churches in California. The Constitution it says the second, first amendment, shut it down. Didn't matter. Start throwing the law right out the door. Nothing matters. It's unconstitutional. You can't impeach it. Doesn't matter. We don't care. We're doing it. What do we need? What do you mean? What? The Constitution. It's our Bible. They don't care. So that's what's going on. Lawlessness without law. And the love of many will grow cold. The lawlessness will lead to a cooling off of your love for God because you're becoming overwhelmed with the weight and the sin of the world. That's what's happening. That's why you must stir yourself. You understand? I can shout from here, but you got to pick it up and stir yourself. You got to do it. Don't let coldness creep into your heart because it gets worse if you do. It doesn't get better for you. You know, when things get rough, we like to go hide under the covers and just hope they blow over. They don't. They don't. You need to face them square on, look at them dead in the face. Remember for years, I would tell you, spit in the enemy's eye. Just spit in his eye. Jeremiah 2, 1 says this, New Living Translation. If you don't, it says, the Lord gave me another message. He said, go out and shout this message to Jerusalem. That's you. You're in New Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago. How you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. Where you go, Lord, I'll go. I don't care. You still have that? Do you still have that? I mean, Ruth and I did. We did. We docked in that. I had a good job at UPS. Quit it. 
After about a year being saved, I couldn't believe God, you're awesome. Looking for a Bible school, went to the Bible school, sold our house we just got. Stand out in the middle of an electric storm like this. My dad said, you're crazy, what's the matter with you? Teamsters 249, union job. When I got the job, called Ruth saying, we're in the money. And gave it up. You still have that? Hosea 10 says this through King James, verse 1. Israel empties his vine and brings fruit, forth fruit for himself. Yeah. Fruit for yourself. You go and get 18 degrees and consume all the degrees and all the consuming, all the money and all the prestige you know, for yourself. Your portfolio triples and this and that for yourself. You buy extra property, you do this, you go that, you move on, whatever. Whatever it is, <laughs> the church, and we consume it for ourselves. Are we doing that? This is why Leviticus 6, we're told by the power of Almighty God, the fire shall never be burning. I mean, it shall never go out on that altar. Don't let it go out because this is what we do. We start looking inside, taking care of the evil trinity, me, myself, and I, and people around us needing saved, ministered to, loved, arm around them, visited some. Don't even see Don't even see them, let alone ignore them. Because we've turned inward and all our fruits, the fruit is growing, God's blessing, but it's for ourselves. Because it takes effort to come back out on Wednesday. I, I, we know it does. You don't feel like it. Exhausted. You finally get them shoes off. Horrible driving. Dang it, it's prayer at seven. Exodus 3 4. God, listen, this is, this is the whole message. God speaks to Moses out of the burning bush. Remember? Remember, in the beginning, I told you in Joel, God's looking for warriors. He's calling out the warriors here today, this morning. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Are you listening? I'm listening, Pastor. Amen. Good service. So God says to Moses, speaks to him out of a burning fire from heaven like the word of God says. Now listen, here's the key. And when the Lord saw he, that Moses turned aside, God spoke. Are you going to turn aside? Or are you just going to look somewhere? Well, yeah, that's weird. Never seen that before. Jeez, that's something. No, 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 you've got to respond. You've got to stir yourself. And you've got to say when you see that, what? What's God saying? What's God wanting to do? You hear nothing. You hear nothing. Everyone else saying, come on, hurry up, catch up. You're going, wait, I don't know. Moses, when he saw Moses turns. God spoke. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Are you going to turn aside? Listen to me. Someone has to turn aside. Is it you? Is it us? Is it new hope? Someone must turn aside. Are you hearing it? I don't know. I just bought some land. We just got a baby. I got a plow. What's God telling you to do with all your gardening instruments? Put them on there and beat them babies. Plowshare and get that into a spear. 
and into a sword. We have to turn aside because we've got to have a true church. We've got to have a true church. We need real moves of the Holy Ghost. Real ones. We need real moves of the Spirit of Almighty. We need the glory of God to come in this place so that our young people are stunned with the supernatural. Shocked! You mean this is, it's real? So the glory of God must come. We must have the anointing of Almighty God. Do you even pray for the anointing anymore? Do you even know what the anointing is? The anointing of Almighty God breaks the yoke over the lost. We need to remain steadfast because all of hell's coming against us. All the tsunamis from the pits of hell. And you and I need to be steadfast. Amen. And just let it hit you. The hope must be a light in darkness. We must be. We can't be flickering. Even a flicker, how quick it is, how many go by and don't see the light because we flickered. We must be a haven of rest for the weary traveler who's never had a chance to grow up in the things of God and in the gospel, not even know about this. Comes into here lifeless and by beat to death because of the world is cruel. And God says, I have formed you from your mother's womb. I have a plan for you. I want to breathe life into you. I got a purpose for you. They need to hear that from this church. And whoever's up here, from our music to the preaching to those of you who speak to people throughout this church, that's what they need to hear. We must do it right. We have to do it right. I want to see him. I want to experience him. In this place. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says this. Rodney, wherever you have lost, there you are. Chapter 40 verse 3. Listen, this is your job. You don't do it, then nothing will happen. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's my voice right now. You've got some preparation to do. Don't give me that stuff. I have kids. I have to work. God knows that. He's the one that gave you the kids, and he's the one that called you to work. Yeah, that's not an excuse. That's normal life. Voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. You know what that was? They would send out people in front of the caravan, and if there was rocks and boulders in the way, they'd be out there digging and moving, moving them things so it's nice and smooth, preparing the way for the Lord to come. That's your job. We've got boulders that need, we've got potholes that need filled. We've got ruts that need to be smoothed over so the weary traveler can come. The voice of him crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough place plain. That's what God promises. And then what's it say? And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Let them all see it around our community, around our city, around our state, that we here have prepared for the coming of the Lord. Let Him mock us. Let the glory of the Lord be revealed. This morning I hope that you'll come to this altar and you'll say, God, show me the hidden manna. Lord, I used to look for it. I used to have blisters digging for it. Or, Lord, I didn't even know it existed. Then come get your shovel this morning. God will hand them out. And he'll tell you, cold, cold. You're wasting too much time with that. You need a hot, yeah, hot, warmer. Yes, you'll get direction from God.
2 Timothy 1 again says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, thou shalt stir up with all your heart, you believe you're a child of God, that it's in you already. It's just not stirred. It's in you. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. I can preach it, but only you can stir it. We'd like you to stand this time, please. Now the verse says, by the putting on of hands. It's not the only way that God does His thing, but it certainly is a way. And if you're wanting to be one of those warriors for God, I want you to stand here somewhere, make yourself known, and I'm going to have these guys pray for you. Putting on the hands of all my, uh, of their hands, t- trusting and believing that Almighty God's going to touch you and reveal and start doing. I'm not even not talking about it. Don't expect, boom, maybe it will, but start seeking God. Lord, here am I. I haven't stirred myself in... God uses the laying on of hands. He just does. That's why we prayed for Mark here before. Hurt himself. We're like, Lord, we're touching this spot. Please touch it. Just let it be a bruise. It's not the only way, but it is a common way. The Lord does stuff. And it means we should never neglect it. So God says, by the laying on of hands, stir up that gift that God has put in me. It's good for others to pray for others and to lay hands on them and ask for something special, miraculous, wonderful, powerful. That's where it starts. Who's going to be the warriors? And I'm going to call out a number of people to come and grab oil. They ain't no better than you. About half of them probably don't even think they have the right or deserve to be praying. They want to anoint themselves and pray themselves first. That's just how we feel about the things of God. But I'm going to trust these guys. They'll speak the word of God and word of life inside of you. If you desire, you have to decide. So I'm going to ask, obviously, Pastor Jason and Bruce, Adam, Chad, Chase, Daryl, my son Joseph, J-Dub, you guys are here and we need you. You make yourself ready to grab some oil and pray for those that come. We're going to sing again. And if you come down here and you stand somewhere here, because other than that, I don't know. If you want to be kneeling over there and left alone, fine. But if you want me or Bruce or someone to lay hands on you and say, Almighty God, you've got to start. Make a warrior out of this person. Then you stand here. And the more we get, the more these guys will come and pray. That's it. All those are open. Remember, Bible says, come quickly.